Welcome to Miners of Mayhem, a true crime podcast about miners who commit murder with Eden and Brianna. I am Brianna, and this is episode one, Daniel William Marsh. This case takes place in Davis, California. At the age of 15, Daniel Marsh murdered Oliver Chip Northrup Jr. and his wife, Claudia Maupin. This case is gruesome and horrific. We suggest that you listen away from tiny humans. We are not going to be leaving out any details, so if you have a weak stomach, this may be too graphic, and we totally understand that true crime isn't for everyone. With that said, we will give a heads up before the graphic details, so you can fast forward if you prefer. Now, I don't feel we can discuss this horrible case without digging a bit into Daniel's earlier childhood. This is an extensive case, and we do not want our podcast debut to be left on a cliffhanger, so we will briefly highlight on the background of Daniel that led up to his decision to commit murder. Daniel was born on May 14, 1997, to Sherry Hoskins and Bill Marsh. Daniel was the second child, having an older sister, Sarah, who was 17 months older than Daniel. From what I have read, Bill and Sherry's marriage was far from perfect. Bill had anger issues and even had outbursts in front of their children. Just one quick example of Bill's abuse to get an idea of what kind of monster he is. He spanked Daniel at the age of one for not sitting still during a diaper change. Who the fuck would spank a one-year-old? That's just a baby. Yeah, that's a tiny human baby. That's child abuse. And they have no concept of what's what. None. Not None at all. So I couldn't imagine how his kids felt being around him, probably always walking on eggshells, afraid of when his next outburst would be or what would trigger their dad to have outbursts. I'm sure there are many more incidences, but in the face of keeping this to one episode, we will skip a bit ahead. In 2008, Bill and Sherry divorced. Sherry and the kids stayed close so they could see their dad whenever they wanted to. Allegedly, when Daniel did visit his father, Bill would talk down, degrade, and say bad things about Sherry. Bill's outburst continued, and it seemed to be rubbing off on Daniel, which is complete bullshit, if you ask me. Yeah, that's that's tugging on their strings. They're pitting, pitting one parent against the other, and that's got to harbor some kind of feelings of, am I going to get in trouble if I love the other parent? Yeah. And kids should be able to love whoever they want and just worry about being kids. Yeah, what toy am I going to play with today? I'm going to mention but not go into detail that Sherry had an affair with Daniel's kindergarten teacher who happened to be a woman. This seemed to be a starting point for Daniel to fantasize about killing. Daniel had many mental health issues and even suffered from anorexia. He was prescribed SSRIs, which made him feel that his symptoms were worse, for which his dose was then increased. The use of SSRIs in children is a whole controversy in itself, so we won't go too deep into that. Yeah, if I'm, on, if I'm not mistaken, now don't come at me because I'm not 100% sure, but I believe that there's some studies that show uh, increase in suicidal ideation when SSRIs are used in adolescence? I wouldn't doubt it. So it seems to be there were many fl- red flags prior to the day Daniel decided to cross the line to murder 
to include but not limited to being antisocial, violent behavior, gore porn, and fantasies of becoming a serial killer. Okay, let me interrupt just for a second. Okay. What is gore porn? I'm glad you asked because I had no idea what gore porn was either. So according to Urban Dictionary, gore porn is bloody horror pornography with naked bodies with blood gushing out. Okay, I probably didn't need to know that anyway. That's just disturbing all in itself. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Aside from an unsavory home environment, he was apparently bullied in school, being known as the weird kid. During this time, Daniel began using alcohol and marijuana, which I'm sure he was using this as some kind of coping mechanism to cloud his mind. But as we all know, alcohol is a downer. Also, alcohol is usually not recommended to drink on drink while on SSRIs. I think there's a warning label right on the pill bottle that says do not consume alcohol while taking this medication. Yep. And they're there for a reason, I'm sure. Absolutely. This leads us up to the horrific murders in April 2013. In the early hours of April. Wait, you forgot to give a trigger warning. No. Oh, you're not getting into them? Right? I'm No, I'm going to okay. go into the background of the okay. victims first. I was about, oh gosh, hold on to your butts, buttercup. <laughs> yeah, no, not yet. I'll, okay. I'll let you know. This leads us up to the horrific murders in April 2013. In the early hours of April 14th, Daniel left his mother's home around 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. looking for a home that would have relatively easy access. Now note, Daniel told investigators that before he found Claudia and Chip's house, he searched 40 to 50 houses for open windows or unlocked doors. That is a lot of houses. That is I wonder how lot. long that took him. Like, I don't know how big the city blocks are in Davis, California, but to do that where we're, we are, that would take forever. <laughs> take hours. This is when he found the home of Oliver Chip Northrup, aged 87, and his 76-year-old wife, Claudia Maupin. I love the name Claudia. It's such a pretty name. Yeah, I'm all about the name Oliver. I I tried to get uh, Brianna to name her son Oliver, and yep. it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> now we're going to do a little bit of background on the victims. Chip wasn't in an attorney. He served in Navy during World War II. He served on the Woodland School Board and was the city attorney for Woodland Winters in Yolo. He was the president of the Woodland Chamber of Commerce and the Woodland Rotary Club. He was even a musician in a folk band and a founding member of the Unitarian Universalist Church of Davis. (laughs) That is a mouthful. Tongue twister. Chip was a very accomplished individual. He met his wife, Claudia, at church and married in 1996. Claudia was a pastoral associate at the Davis Unitarian Church and was active in the local theater. Oh, local theater. That sounds like fun. Yes. They were a blended family with nine children, two bonus children, 14 grandchildren, and eight great-grandchildren. Okay, let's... Let's... um... Just for the listeners who haven't heard that term, define bonus children. Yes, I'm glad you brought that up. We consider 
children that we have not physically birthed ourselves, also known as stepchildren, but we don't like that term. Um, we believe that it is a privilege to be able to love somebody else's child. Absolutely. We both have bonus daughters. We do. My research into Chip and Claudia left me wanting to know more about them because they seem like such amazing people, but I did not come across much information. But Victoria, Claudia's da daughter, did say, we can't say enough about how wonderful wonderful they are. They cared for us. They cared for us in every way. Quote. Now, this is where the trigger warning comes to play. Before you hit the trigger warning, did you look at pictures of Claudia and Oliver? Yes, and they are so adorable. Yes, they were a beautiful couple on their wedding day. All the Even way. when they were older, they were so cute. They just look so perfect. What a tragedy. Mm. What a shame that they had to be taken away. Um, we will start talking about the murders. When Daniel arrived at Chip and Claudia's house, he cut open a window screen, entered the residence, and found Chip and Claudia in bed asleep. He stood over them and watched them sleep for a while while deciding how to kill them. That's very creepy. Yes. Very creepy. Chills. Claudia woke up and started screaming when she realized there was an intruder in their home. It was at that time Daniel began stabbing Claudia in the torso. She screamed for help and begged him to stop. When Chip awoke to Claudia's cries, Daniel turned on Chip and stabbed him until he died. Daniel continued stabbing both of them, even after they were dead. And it gets worse. He then decided to mutilate and disembowel Chip and Claudia. He removed their organs. He attempted to remove one of Claudia's eyes with a knife. And out of pure curiosity, he cut fat out of Claudia's leg and cut open Chip's forehead. You have got to be kidding me. No. This sick motherfucker then wanted to fuck with investigators by putting a cell phone and a drinking glass into their abdominal cavity. What? Yeah. A cell phone and a drinking glass into into their stomachs. That's just to fuck with the investigators. That's one sick, twisted individual. Yep. It's wow. Okay. By the time Daniel completed his crime, Claudia went or I'm sorry. I lost my place. <laughs> Claudia received sixty seven stab wounds and Chip suffered 61 stab wounds. Now, this doesn't include the other injuries sustained from his morbid curiosity. It sounds like a frenzy. It does. He was very determined, if you ask me. Now, when Claudia and Chip didn't show up for church the next day, family members were concerned. Chip's daughter, Mary, tried calling them. Chip's son, Robert, and Robert's son went to their house but left because they thought they had gone out of town. Oh, which that's how sad. innocent. It wasn't until later that evening, Claudia's daughter, Laura, went to Claudia and Chip's house with the police. After ringing the doorbell with no answer, Laura went around the back of the house 
discovering a window open with its screen slashed, and that is when she seen bloodstains. That had to be the most eerie, frightful feeling. Her heart just dropped in the pit of her stomach. Well, that's her parents' house. Exactly. You know, like, oh, goodness. I couldn't imagine. There was 25 FBI <laughs> agents trying to solve these murders, but there was no physical evidence, no DNA, fingerprints, or footprints. Now, another little side note here. Daniel went to the extent of putting tape on the bottoms of his shoes so prints weren't left behind. If that's not premeditated, I don't know what the fuck is. So he didn't leave anything behind? Nothing. No DNA, He's no fingerprints, 15 no footprints. 15 years old. How did he 15. do that? I don't know. He had to put a lot of thought into it. Seasoned serial killers that don't get away with that. No, they get caught on DNA. Exactly. And he left. That is so hard to believe. Wow. It's mind-blowing. Okay. Daniel was so proud of what he had done that he couldn't keep his mouth shut and he confessed to his best friend. Daniel asked his girlfriend if she had heard about the murders and when she replied that she had not, he proudly described what he had done with a smile and saying how great it had, it had felt. He even showed his friend the knife, gloves, ski mask, boots, and jacket he had worn during the slaying of the couple. That's definitely bragging and being proud of mm -hmm. what he's done. Wait till what comes later. Oh boy. His girlfriend and best friend did not report the confession because they were afraid of Daniel. Which, you know, at that age, at 15, if my boyfriend were to say, oh, I just murdered, I would probably think he was joking. Yeah, I think I would too. But then again, at the back of my mind, like, joking about killing somebody is not yeah, something so you joke about either. You'd be asking yourself, did he really do this, or was, was he kidding? And I, I would be afraid to go to the police, too, because if he found out that I had gone to the police and told on him... What's he going to do to you? What's he going to do? Exactly, yeah. It, and they're so immature at that age. Yeah. It's got to be hard to know what... Eventually, the best friend went to the police because Daniel admitted he wanted to kill again. And mm -hmm. this led to Daniel's arrest on June 17th. At first, Daniel denied any involvement in the murders, but after three hours and 38 minutes of questioning, he finally confessed. I, that night, I couldn't take it anymore. I had to do it. I lost control. Daniel went into graphic details of the murder and mutilation of Chip and Claudia. Daniel said, and I quote again, it was pure happiness, adrenaline, and dopamine, all of it just rushing over me, and I'm not going to lie, it felt amazing. He even told investigators how great he felt weeks after committing the murders. Wow. Okay. It, That's, I, um... I have no... My stomach is sick. Yeah, I can't wrap my brain around somebody even thinking that way. No. So he was riding this high 
weeks after yeah. killing people. Yeah. And he wanted to kill again, correct? Yep. He, he fantasized about becoming a serial killer. Yeah, so as soon as that high wore off, you know he was going to be out searching for the next. Yep. Oh, I'm exactly. glad he's... Daniel told investigators all the evidence could be found in his mother's garage. When they searched the garage, they found Daniel's bloody clothes and the knife he used to do the stabbings. Daniel was charged with two counts of first-degree murder with special enhancements, intentionally killing more than one person, demonstrating depravity in the killings, lying in wait to kill the victims, and inflicting torture in the commission of the murders, and the use of a deadly weapon, to which he all pled not guilty. Okay. He later changed that plea to not guilty by reason reason of of insanity. insanity. And there it is. And what a bitch move. He was so proud and bragging to his girlfriend and his best friend and now he wants to claim insanity? Yeah, yeah. Go now fuck be, yourself. Now that there's going to be consequences to his actions, yeah. Exactly. Sure. Bitch. <laughs> Definitely. Daniel's defense attorney had him evaluated by a psychiatrist, which diagnosed Daniel mentally ill, but completely sane. Now, just as another side note, this motherfucker threatened to kill the psychiatrist. <laughs> what was he doing trying to change the sane to insane i'm sure wow okay this guy's the wall he's a piece of work daniel's trial started september 2nd 2014 when he was 17 years old even though he was 15 when he committed the murders he was still tried as an adult the defense team tried to get temporary insanity saying the side effects of his medications combined with his mental illness triggered uncontrollable violence. Tell me how the fuck that makes sense. It doesn't make sense to me at all. Medicines are supposed to help you, and if they're not helping you, you go back. Change things around until it does help. Exactly. So don't don't give me that shit. It's just a freaking scapegoat. They were trying everything they could. Yep. (laughs) The prosecutors came back with Daniel being manipulative, and committed the murders in a planned and premeditated manner. Damn right I, he did. I yeah. agree. This trial went on for five weeks and just two hours of deliberation, which is nothing. On September 26, 2014, the jury came back with a guilty verdict on all counts. There's more, though. Oh. September 30th, 2014, so just a couple days after, the jury found Daniel's when he committed the murders but his juvenile status took the death penalty and life in prison without parole off of the table now if they found him sane and they tried him as an adult why are those two things off of the table that doesn't make sense to me because if you're going to try him as an adult he should have the adult consequences i agree i mean he should he should face the death penalty also Although the death penalty is too good for him. I mean, it's kind of more torturous to sit behind bars. But His maximum sentence was 52 years to life, and he is eligible for parole after 52 years, and he will be 69 years old. I don't even want him on the streets at 69. 
no, you, you can still murder at 69. Mm-hmm. Kid is wet lettuce, as the Australians would say. Pond scum. Pond scum. Yeah. And I know we kind of concentrated a lot on D- Daniel, but our hearts do sympathize with Claudia and Chip's family. They definitely did not deserve what they got. No, not at all. They were a beautiful couple, and they worked so hard for everything that they had mm-hmm. for it to be taken away by a 15-year-old who is a piece of shit. And they just sound like amazing people. Oh, I just, my heart hurts. Definite assets to society. The world is a sadder place without them, I'm sure. I agree. And that's the case of Daniel William Marsh. That was um, a roller coaster. That was... Just when you thought it couldn't get worse, it it kept... Yes. Kept getting worse. I think my jaw hit the floor over here like 10 times. Yep. If you guys have any questions about this case, comments, case recommendations, or just podcast advice, because as you know, this is our very first episode. Um, We'll take constructive criticism. In a nice way. (laughs) Be nice. (laughs) And you can do that by emailing us at minersofmayhem at gmail.com. And we also decided that we are going to do some video recording as soon as we can. Um, And that'll be on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash at Miners of Mayhem. So go over there and subscribe whenever we get that up and rolling. Nice. Yeah. That'll be fun. In the meantime, stay safe out there. Bye. Bye.